0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold it, that all he had had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of age, The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. Then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasures what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord. As
1: a pastor, over the course of nearly 35 years in ministry, I have been asked all kinds of questions about all kinds of things. Most of the questions have been just the type you would expect to ask a pastor. For example, I have been asked about the Bible how to read it, how to understand it, and what it says about, well here, fill in the blank with any number of topics. I've been asked about Bibles in general, which translation I would recommend, which study Bible is best, and how did it come to be in the first place. I've been asked about gifts, what is appropriate to give for an ordination or a confirmation or a baptism. I've been asked about forgiveness, when and if it is required, and if so, how to do it. I've been asked about Lutheran theology and Martin Luther, about the relationship between faith and works, and I've been asked all kinds of questions about the end of life and heaven and eternity. There have also been other kinds of questions, questions which are completely unrelated to anything having to do with faith or theology, like the person who called the church very early on in my ministry and asked for a, wait for it, recipe for tuna hot dish. <laughs> I am not kidding you. She was not a member of the congregation, and when asked why she thought the church could help her, she said, well, you're a Lutheran church, aren't you? But of all of the questions that I have been asked, there is one topic that has come up far more frequently than all the others, and that is prayer. People want to know how to pray, what to pray for, and what they can do to assure a favorable response to prayer. They want to know if it's okay to pray when angry, if it's okay to pray for themselves, and if it's okay to pray for a miracle. They want to know what words they should use, what structure or formula is best, and how to get their prayer just right. To summarize, people have expressed all manner of uncertainty Surrounding prayer, as well as insecurity surrounding their personal prayer lives. Those feelings of uncertainty and insecurity about prayer are not unique to us, nor are they unique to this particular time in history. They are not new. As you heard a moment ago, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans We do not know how to pray as we ought. Based on the number of questions I get on this topic, I imagine that those words resonate with many of you. We don't know how to pray. It has been said that Paul was at his finest here in Romans chapter 8. These words have been called magnificent, and rightly so. They are among the most profound and beautiful anywhere in Scripture. They are comforting and hopeful and encouraging and full of assurance. And most significantly, they speak directly to our uncertainties about how to pray and to our insecurities about our prayer lives. And they provide an answer that addresses both. Now... Before you reach for your Bible to be reminded of what Paul says about that, I should caution you, you will not find there any prayer methodologies. You won't find any directions. There's no advice or counsel given regarding what to say or how to say it in prayer because when Paul said, we do not know how to pray as we ought, I don't think he was talking about the words we use or any structure or formula that we rely on. Rather, I think he was talking about how it is in prayer we are welcomed into the presence of God. He was interested in talking about the manner in which we come before the Lord and not so much in the content or the structure of the prayer itself. Put another way, Paul wants us to understand that prayer is the place where you can bring your full, true, honest, and whole self before God no matter what. No matter your uncertainty or insecurity, no matter what words you speak or don't speak, what formula you follow or don't follow, no matter what you feel or want or request, no matter what, this Paul makes clear in the same passage when he proclaims that nothing Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. So, when it comes to prayer, what that means is there is no need to dress up your petitions with fancy words or thoughtfully crafted structures. There is no need to withhold from God your negative emotions, your passions, or your heart. After all, God knows your heart already anyway. There's no need to hide or pretend. Again, God knows. There's no need to make promises or to be prepared to negotiate a transaction. There's no need to measure the worth of a petition or the boldness of an ask. There is no need to be anything other than who you are in the moment. Because however you come, whenever you come, God welcomes you. A couple of years ago, there was a photo making the rounds on social media. It was of a letter board, you know that kind, where you arrange the little plastic letters onto a felt background. The photo was of one of those. At the top of the board were the words, Dear Jesus. And at the bottom was the word, Amen. And in between the Dear Jesus and the Amen, Were all the rest of the little plastic letters dumped in a pile and left in a jumble? And the caption read, We don't know how to pray. Sometimes our prayers feel just like that, don't they? Sometimes our prayers are a wordless mess lifted up to the Lord. And we find ourselves asking in wonder, is this even a prayer? Is it a good enough prayer? And we worry, because Paul said, we don't know how to pray. But, and this is important, Paul continued and said, the spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. This is a promise. The Spirit intercedes for us, for you, with sighs that are too deep for words. Herein lies all the assurance you will ever need when it comes to your prayers. It's the work of the Spirit to sigh within and through and alongside you and your wordless mess of a prayer. It's the work of the Spirit to gather up and to give voice to your deepest longings and your greatest hopes, even when you are not certain of what they are. And it is the work of the Spirit to give expression to the most profound needs within you when you are incapable of doing so, and when you struggle to find a way to express yourself. Paul wants you to know that the Holy Spirit is at work among us, and that means that you are never alone in your praying. This is the good news for today the God who brought everything into existence and the God who loves you beyond all measure, this God, through the Apostle Paul, gives you confidence and hope and encouragement and assurance through the work of the Holy Spirit who sighs for you. May you have peace in your soul and peace in your heart and peace of mind as you pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.